Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, April the 22nd, and we come off no Phillies baseball. For the first time this season. How about it? A much-needed off day, I'm sure, for the players. Jumping right into a shortened spring training and then diving right into a 13-straight-day game, whatever you want to call it, stretch to start the season. You know, I'm sure those guys need a little break. And you know what? I think we as Phillies fans needed a little break. (laughs) We talked a lot yesterday about how and rightfully so, but how, you know, we have a tendency and, and can get, you know, a little um, prisoner of the moment at the start of a season and really in a season. And it's a such a long, drawn-out season, and yet the first 13 games feel like a, a zillion games because there's so much hope and so much anticipation and so much going into that that, you know, when it happens and they struggle, it's time to pull our hair out and lose our minds. We took a deep breath yesterday. We're feeling pretty good, or at least we're feeling okay, I would say. Uh, you know, I'm feeling better than some, but we are we are feeling okay as we head into, hopefully, a better stretch of the season than the first 13 games prior to the first off day. Obviously, we talked yesterday, coming off the win in Colorado, nice to see. They fought hard in that second game. Uh, you know, on the whole, you're, you're disappointed with the road trip, a two and five road trip is ain't good enough. But as we talked about yesterday, there are a lot of reasons to to not bail on this team and certainly not to overreact to a very small sample size to start the season. And and obviously, if you missed yesterday's show, go back and check it out. We talked a lot about that, about, um, you know, some some, uh, optimistic, uh, some reasons for optimism with the team and, and some reasons maybe not to be, if nothing else, too pessimistic or too down after such a short start to the season and you know i stand by everything i said today and i'm I'm looking forward to seeing him get back out there today and hopefully we can start to maybe turn the page a little bit and start to look like the phillies team we had expected we'll we'll take a look around the league a little bit later how the rest of the division's doing mets spoiler alert are doing good 
<laughs> we will. Uh, I want to talk about the pitch clock later as well. The uh, the we we mentioned it quickly the last couple of days, but the results in the minor leagues have been staggering, and I think it can make a major major difference for uh, for Major League Baseball. But first, just to to kind of finish up from yesterday and get back to where the team is at right now, heading into. I always want to be like, the second part of the season, it's not, you know, they just had an off day. It is, it's going to be an intense season, though. There's going to be a lot of runs like that. We know that because they started the season a week late, we know that rainouts are going to happen over the course of the season. There's going to be some stretches, you know, there's going to be some stretches of baseball where it's, uh, you know, one game after another, after another, after another. And look, I don't agree with it, but I'm sure that is part of the thinking with Joe Girardi when he makes the decision to to sit guys so much to start the season or to be a little more cautious with pitchers or with JT or Romuto or whatever to start the season, I'm sure part of that is him looking and saying, hey, it's a really long season and it's going to be a bunched up season with a lot of action and short and spring training. So like, I, I, I get the logic. I don't agree with it. I think he goes overboard with it. But I can definitely look at it and understand the logic of saying, hey, and it's you know what I've been preaching anyway, but but it is a long season, and you know you got to really space it out with certain guys. Now I disagree with the bats a little bit more than than with the pitching, but I get it with the pitching. It is a long season. Guys are coming off a shortened spring training. Some guys off innings, you know, career innings highs. This that, whatever. So I, I just think that the management of it has been bad, as you know. Look, we don't need to. Litigate the Girardi thing again today, though I'm sure we're going to down the road many times. It's going to be a fascinating subplot of the season because, as we talked about, you know, um, you know, we just hope they turn around, right? They get hot, they win games, and and then we're just talking about them, kind of them and the Mets going back and forth, or them and the Braves, or whatever it is. You know, that's what we want to talk about. We don't want to be on Joe Girardi watch this season, but I do think that if they don't really get on a roll and it's a 500-ish type of team or a little below, then I, I do think, it, and especially if it's below, you know, if they stay four to seven games under, whatever they've kind of been to start this season, if that's more of a more of a theme than I think it will be and more of a concern than I think it will be, then, you know, it's going to be Joe Girardi watch. For all the reasons we talked about, we don't need to go through it all again, but just it's very basic. I mean, he's a lame duck manager. He didn't get a new contract. They could have given him a contract. They didn't. He did, wasn't hired by Dombrowski. You know, it's a different regime from the the regime that hired Joe Girardi. The results haven't been there. If the team doesn't look like the team doesn't look like they're going to play for the guy, or they're going to play hard for the guy, or they're going to go out, you know, swinging for the guy, then then they're going to make a move if they're struggling. If they're if they're not struggling, then they won't. And all's well, and 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 no worries. And that's honestly, as much as I want Joe Girardi gone, because I just don't think he's a good manager. I just want him to win games. I'll figure that out later. <laughs> I can deal with that later. I just want him to win some baseball games and get in this thing and make a run because I think that's best for everybody. And, and uh, you know, you know my thoughts on managers. I ultimately don't think managers make that much of a difference in wins and losses. But I do think Girardi's hurt this team a lot more and he's helped it. So it's going to be an interesting situation moving forward watching that um, as we move forward. All right, uh, quickly before we get to, I want to talk about the pitch clock and I want to take a quick look around the league. But I want to do a quick um, real or not with the team at the moment, as we head into, um, you know, after the first, I keep wanting to say the second uh, part of the season. It's so silly. It's just because they had one off day, but it was 13 straight days. It feels like that little chunk was itself. But as we head into, you know, the first uh, 
first after homestand or after off day part of the season that is not a real thing so <laughs> don't uh don't use that as a uh, a way to describe where we're at in the season as we head into a homestand with the brewers coming to town then the rockies who we just saw coming to town uh, a quick game of real or not i just want to look through we'll go through each phillies player and say if what we've seen good or bad is real and i did a little bit of this yesterday with you know the reasons for optimism and all that type of stuff um, but let's go through real quick. I'm just going to go through the lineup, slam through, look at the pictures. This should not take long. It's basically a real or not what we've seen so far. Some are obvious. Some are not so obvious. All right. JT Romuto, 298, 344, 744 OPS. Pretty real. I think this is kind of JT. I, I hope we get a little more from him, a little more pop. The 744 OPS isn't good enough. 298 average is nice to see. He's getting on base. Fine. You know, especially if he's going to be hitting at the top of the lineup. Fine. I think you take that from JT, and I do think it's real. I think that's the kind of player he is. Hoskins, 220 average, 373 on base, 439 slugging. Yeah, I mean, that feels Hoskins-y, doesn't it? <laughs> the two, uh, 220 average, 373 OBP. Yep, that's the reason we know and love, and, and that's fine. You know, he'll go on some streaks. That we haven't seen the, the lock-in streak yet. We will have that. We'll have a few of those. So I'm not super concerned about Reese. He's definitely been one of the guys who is. You know, somewhat disappointed over the, the start stretch to the season. The the eight twelve OPS isn't that bad, but it's certainly not enough on the slugging side of things. So we need more from Hoskins. I think it's a semi real version of Hoskins, but we'll get more in the power department. Um Gene Segura, and I'm just talking offensively here too. Um obviously. All right, Gene Segura just going down the catcher through right field, one, two, three, four, so on, one being the pitcher, of course. But um as they're listed, um uh so uh second baseman Gene Segura. 242 average, 306, 485. So, you know, and that's recent. He was hitting 290 a few days ago. That's the thing, early season. Stat lines, as we know, are so fungible, so back and forth. There's so much room where one 4-for-4 four four game and you're batting 300 when you're batting 220 heading into the game. So it's it's really hard to, to gauge this stuff. You know, perfect example. Um, you know, this, we, we see it every year, but, it, you know, the fact that Alec Bohm is batting 476. You know, that could change in a hurry, but, you know, he's 11 for 21. Um, but um, ultimately, I think you get more from Segura from an offensive perspective. Uh, he's been really good defensively, a solid second baseman, and we talked so much about the defensive problems coming into the season. I, I enjoy Segura defensively. He's a solid defensive player. And Segura will hit for a better average, 242. He's a better hitter than that. It's early, and, uh, you know, he's kind of jumped around the lineup, too. He's leading off one day. He's banked second. He's banked six all over the place. Joe Girardi! What you're doing, buddy? All right, uh, third base, we'll go uh, the Bohm-Camargo combo here. We talked a lot about that yesterday, how important that is. Bohm batting 476, 483 OBP, 714 slugging. Obviously, that specific is not real, but I said yesterday, and I do believe, I think Alec Bohm's bat's real. I think the dude's going to hit. I don't think it's crazy to think that he's going to hit because he hit his whole career until last season. So, I think he's a good hitter. You know, the homer yesterday, I don't think we'll see too many of those comparatively, but... I think he's a good hitter. I think that if you just stuck Alec Bohm in the lineup all year and and didn't, you know, in uh, add in the potential mental uh, weight of of defensive issues that I'm sure he's had to go through and I'm sure can affect a player offensively. But if you take all that stuff out and just say like you're in the lineup every day and it's all good, I think he's like a 300 hitter or you know a 290 hitter or something. I think he's a valuable bat in the lineup and I think it's real. Again, not 476 real, but I think it's real. Uh, Camargo, it's not this real. He's <laughs> playing 382. Obviously, we talked about yesterday the 529 slugging, a 946 OPS. That'll go down. But the Johan Camargo is a way better baseball player than than Phillies fans. We all thought 
when he was brought in and starting to get playing time, is that real? Yeah, it's way real. I mean, that is absolutely real. This guy's a good baseball player, and he's. A, we talked about it yesterday again, but he is a winning player. He's a guy you want on your team. He's a guy who helps you win baseball games, and you know he is obviously had an amazing start to his career in Philly. I certainly don't think the pop will see that often, and uh, I don't think he's going to continue to bat three eighty two. But you know. He's going to be a valuable player for this team. He's going to go through a slump offensively. He'll get down to the 270, 280, 260, whatever type of season he has range. Um, so, you know, there'll be some struggles ahead. But on the whole, young Camargo, uh, more real than not in terms of the at least the the vibe as a baseball player that we're getting. Um, all right. Um, outfield, you get uh, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, and Veerling. Schwarber, I think in a sense what you're getting is real. So 170. 264, 447. Obviously, that's not good at all, but but he was hitting what 95 heading into the weekend or heading into the Colorado series, and then you know the two big games. And I think what that is with Schwarber is he is a guy who gets on rolls. You know, we talked about that yesterday too, but he's a dude who at 20 homers in June last year. He's someone who once he gets locked in, he is locked in. We know what that looks like, right? Hoskins, Harper is like that, except Harper stays locked in for a long time. But you know, we see that stuff. And Schwarber, you're hoping that this it's Colorado, so you know. But I think you're hoping that the series in Colorado kind of got him going a little bit, and he's going to go on a run. Because if he does, he is a bat that can carry your team. Like, literally, Kyle Schwerber can put the team on his back offensively and win you baseball games. So, um, I feel good about Schwerber. I'm not at all concerned. Again, it was uh, he struggled for 10 games or whatever. 11 games he struggled. I mean, geez. <laughs> Again, if this happens in June, we don't even notice it. So... Um, I'm. I think what we have seen from him so far is not real in the sense that he will be better overall, but the the streakiness is real. Veerling, yeah, I think this is who he is. I think he's better than the 172 average. Obviously, he's hit a lot of balls on the screws that haven't worked out and all that type of stuff. But I think Matt Veerling is a a fourth outfielder. You know, he's a a nice guy to have on your team. He probably shouldn't be starting. This lineup should have enough bats that they can compensate for it. But you know, he's fine. I think he's a major league player. And I wasn't sure about that before. I think he's a major league player. I don't think I can go much further than that. Um, Castellanos has been just awesome. <laughs> Seriously, you wanna, we haven't talked enough about it just because there's been so much up and down with this lineup. But quietly, so quietly, Nick Castellanos is leading the team in OPS at 953. 306, 382, 571. Dude just hits every game. I'm pretty sure he's had a hit in every game but two of the 13. So he's hitting 11 of the 13 games this season. Just hit another bomb. He's got a couple of those. Dude's awesome. Dude just hits bad fielder. He's tough out there. <laughs> tough. Right right field especially, but left too. Not great out there. But, but man, he just goes up and hits. So I think you feel great about Castellanos. I think that is the real Castellanos. Bryson Stott, 133, 161, 167. Not good. Um, look, I think it's the real Bryson Stott in, in the fact that I think that he's a rookie. He's come up to the majors and he's going to struggle like many, many do. And he looked really good to start. Opening day was a nice day for him. And I think he showed on opening day why there is excitement about him. The the um, plate control, the eye, the back control, all that stuff. But, you know, that major league pitching adjusts and it's tough to tough to hit it. It takes time to figure it all out. So I'm not concerned about Brandon Stop, but I think it is real in the sense that he's probably going to be streaky this year. I think that you know, maybe to have over-expected a little too much from him in terms of a 280 hitter right off the bat is tough. It's tough, and I think he can get there. I think over the course of the season, he get back to being that hitter, but definitely, obviously, uh, going through a little struggle now. But again, it's it's super early. Um, bench, the, I, honestly, if you're if you're talking in terms of, of 
what I'd like to see better. And Garrett Stubbs has been good when he played. Definitely better nap. And Muziati is a good defensive player. But the bench is not super deep. You know, you do have Stott there. And, it, you know, Boehm on certain days, Camargo on other and stuff. But there's no one you're super excited about there. But I, I think that's okay because you have, like, you know, Two guys who were in and out of the lineup with Bowman, Camargo, and Stott, and Didi. Oh, we forgot to do Didi along the way. Uh, the 714 OPS is real. Didi's not good. But he is batting 286 somehow. So, you know, it's not quite as bad as I expected. He's got a couple big hits. I think he's playable. Um, not a good defensive player, but, you know, I, the power seems to be zapped, and I wouldn't expect too much from, from Didi. But again, I think overall, when you look through the offense, and you look through how guys are doing, and of course, oh, Bryce. Uh, not real, um, and I'm not concerned. Um, we talked yesterday about the elbow, nervous, but 223, 10, 420, he'll be way, way, way better than that. Bryce is a stud. He'll be okay. And think about that. You know, we talk about guys, uh, this lineup where there's some production already. Guys will get better. Schwarber's going to be better. Harper's going to be better. Hostin's going to be better. Segura's going to be better. I mean, this this team's going to be better. So we'll get there. Um, but I understand the concerns, certainly. Um, quickly, quickly through the pitches, and then we'll get to the other stuff. But but Kyle Gibson, um, I think a little better than than you know what you expect. Three five seven ERA. We know he's had that great start to start the season. The last start in Colorado was nice. I think the last start in Colorado is is what you're hoping for from Gibson. Six innings, three runs. You know, as a template. And I think you'll get better sometimes, and I think you'll get worse sometimes. But I think you feel good about Gibby. I don't think he's quite as real as he's looked to start the season. I think he'll have more struggles than that, but not too bad. Nola five five two ERA. Mm hmm. I actually thought Nola looked better in Colorado. We'll see. Uh, five two seven for Eflin, not great. Uh, Eflin struggled. You know, I think the maybe if you want to point to something we kind of maybe overvaluated, it was oh Eflin looks good in spring. He's totally healed. He's ready to go. When he initially had this injury, they were talking about like May June this year for him to be ready, and he was amazingly ready to start the season. Had the spring, all that stuff, but. You know, it looks like he's laboring a bit out there. Yesterday, able to go five five and two-thirds, which was nice, because didn't feel like that was going to happen in the moment. But, you know, you could tell he was laboring a bit and doesn't have the same type of sharp stuff that he's had. So I think Eflin will be better. It's just a question of, you know, getting him there and, and getting him rest if he needs and all that. Wheeler will absolutely be better than 939 ERA. Won't last. We talked enough about Wheeler yesterday. You know where I say on that. And same thing with Ranger. Ranger 587. Uh, Ranger's going to be way better. Ranger also had a weird spring training and off spring training, the visa stuff and all that. Like, the staff will be better. Uh, I feel confident that Wheeler and Ranger will be better than we've seen. The Eflin thing, I, he'll definitely be better we've seen, but will he get to where I wanted him to be or expect him to be? I'm not sure yet because I don't know how much that injury is still affecting him getting back to where he needs to be, but I, I'm hopeful with Eflin at least, and I'm I'm very confident that Wheeler and Suarez, assuming health, will get there. And look, the bullpen we talked yesterday, but, you know, I think this is Corey Knable. Dude's nasty. Sir Anthony, we see the stuff. You know, Brad Hand's been great. I don't think a zero ERA from Brad Hand is uh, fair to fair to expect, but, you know, I think the bullpen's going to be a, a mix and match thing this season. You know, I think they're guys you're going to feel good about for stretches and others. And honestly, what I really think, what I really think with the bullpen is that come the time, you know, come when we get close to the trade deadline or, or a month out from it or whatever, when this Phillies team is... Um, grinding away and trying to, uh, you know, assuming they're winning games and assuming they're in it, I think they'll add bullpen pieces because I think that's such a clear thing that they need to add and, you know, such an easy thing to add in that situation when, you know, when you need to, when you, in terms of, um, you know, it seems like every year teams can, uh, 
can add those guys when they need to at the deadline. So um, we'll see. But uh, I definitely think of all the things that I'm, I'm, again, I'm not concerned, but I think the bullpen, you can point to some questions, some issues, the starting rotation, some questions, some issues. I think they're going to hit. I'm not too concerned. I feel good in general, minus some potential injury concerns and all that. All right, we'll get to the standings in a sec quickly. We only talked about it just for a minute the other day, but I just want to come back to it because it is such a big deal for baseball. Um, the implementation of the pitch clock in the minor leagues, it shaved 20 minutes off of minor league baseball games. I mentioned this the other day, but there was a AAA game a couple nights ago that lasted an hour and 54 minutes. I mean... Yes, yes, please, 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 please. I cannot wait for this to get to Major League Baseball. Next year, this, this sport's going to look different. Banning the shift, pitch clock, bigger bases. Like, this is all good stuff. I'm, I'm actually really excited, and I've never been. So, you know, some people are, are very staunch about one thing or another. I've been a staunch pitch clock guy. I've said for a while now, like, just implement a pitch clock. Like, why not? Like, I understand that there's a, a flow to the game and a a way that pitchers and hitters and the battle and the mano a mano. And I love all that. I'm a baseball nerd. Like, give me the, the mano a mano. You'll step off the rubber, make the guy wait. This, I'm, I get all that. But at a certain point, like, as much as I love that battle and whatnot, like, you have to think about the, the health of the game at, at, at the end of the day. And anyone who's a real baseball fan, anyone who's watched this sport for a while knows that, that the version of baseball that we've watched the last few years is not the best version of the sport. It's just not. We need to make the game move along at a brisker pace. It's just what it is. And again, look, I would watch a 10-hour baseball game. I love the sport. I could sit there all night and just have it on, and I love extra innings and all that. I'm in on it. I love it. But we got to be real and understand that not everyone does and that it's okay to speed it up a little bit. It's okay to put the ball in play more, make it a more fun, exciting, quick pace brand of baseball. And I think the pitch clock clearly having massive, massive effects in the minor leagues. And I think it'll have an effect in the majors. Again, it has to be strictly enforced. That's the key. That's what they say they're doing in the minors. It has to be, you know, if you don't throw a pitch, that penalty comes. But, you know, I think that's the plan. And I think it's a great plan. And I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely excited to see how this plays out. So we'll talk more about it as the season goes on, as the numbers continue to pour in, as we start to think about and look ahead to the changes for next season. But it is um, it's really uh, heartening news to see. All right, quickly, a quick spin through the divisions. I'm going to look ahead to this weekend series against the Brewers starting tonight. Uh, the AL East just bunched up. All the teams pretty close together other than Baltimore down at the bottom. The AL Central, Cleveland and Chicago out in front to start the, uh, along with Kansas City. Other two teams have caught a little bit back, um, but a nice start. The Angels off to a decent start winning some games as that division is bunched up except for Texas. Uh, the NL Central, uh, as expected, right? You know, bunched up at the top a bit. The Cardinals and the Brewers out in front. The Reds and Pirates down at the back. That sounds right. The Pirate Reds have been particularly bad. Shocking you take a hatchet to your roster. That's what happens. The Out West, yet again, we're doing it again. The Dodgers and the Giants out in front. Um, Rockies have been really good in the Padres. That division has four really good teams right now and one bad team in the Diamondbacks. It has um, been an impressive division. And then, of course, the NL East, you know, the Mets out in front. As the Mets uh, have played the best baseball so far this season uh, in the NL East. But, you know, it's super early. Atlanta's right there. Washington, Phillies, and the Marlins are all right bunched up together after that. It is obviously way too early to, to think about too much of that. But I just want to take a quick look and just see 
if there are any standout or any outliers or anything like that. And so far, so good. You know, I think, um, look, the Phillies are in it. After a tough start to the season, um, they are still in it. Obviously, it's 13 games into the season. Um, but, you know, nothing to panic about as far as I'm concerned. But I get it. Again, I get it. And that's kind of been the theme. And I understand it and I support it. But um, uh, hopefully they can come home and play a little bit better baseball, get on a roll, maybe that carry that to the road, start to win some road games, and we can kind of, you know, start to feel good about this whole thing. All right, let's look ahead to the weekend as uh, uh, the Brewers coming down. The Brewers, obviously, a really good rotation, but the Phillies luck out on this one. They're missing both Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. They're two top dudes. It is huge. Honestly, it's massive. I honestly can't believe it. It's huge that it worked out this way. So tonight, Ranger Suarez against Freddie Peralta. Peralta's great. That's a hell of a pitching matchup. Tomorrow, Zach Wheeler against Hauser. So that's a good one. Adrian Hauser there. Uh, it's a, a, you know... Theoretical advantage for the Phillies, but Wheeler will see. So far, it wouldn't be, but uh, you know, should be an advantage for the Phillies. And then on Sunday, Nola versus Eric Lauer, a- another advantage for the Phillies theoretically, but Eric Lauer, you know, has done well for the the Brewers, but a soft tossing lefty. So, um, you know, it's time for the Phillies to to handle it this weekend. They lucked out with the pitching. Um, it was a nice spot, and it's another stretch of baseball. Ten straight games as they go right into a home series against Colorado and then to New York before an off day next Monday, a week from this co- upcoming Monday. Um, so a lot of action coming up. Let's get back on track. Home against the Brewers and then the Rockies, two teams with winning records. Let's go, Phils. Time to, to get in action, win some games. You got lucky by not facing Woodruff and Burns this weekend. Take advantage. You know, let's win some games at home. Let's kind of get the fan base back in, calm everyone down, and come back next week and 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 be excited about Phillies baseball. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. No matter what happens this weekend, though, we'll be back to talk about it on Monday. So until then, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.